We got some NAS ransomware to talk about. I'm also going to talk about a few things I'm paying attention to in the smart home world. And what in the world have I been up to for two months? Yeah. It's Reset 65. Let's go. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is Reset. It can be found at reset.fm. Yeah. I'll be talking about anything that plugs in or takes batteries. Mostly home automation, networking, home storage, and technology in general. Reset was inspired by a bent paperclip that has been sitting on my desk for years. Reminds me to be adventurous and have fun, because there's usually a reset button. Let's get started. Hey everybody, it's Dave. Welcome back to Reset. It's episode number 65, and yeah, like the bumper, the lead-in, I've been gone for two months. I can't wait to do this show. I'm... Uh, I'm going to tell you at the end of this podcast what I've been up to. You guys know that when I get off on a tangent or I find something that I'm interested in, I jump in. I mean, I go deep end. I go deep end with two feet and I am I tear it up. So we'll just put that at the end of the show. If you're not interested, you're not interested. But we really need to talk about this NAS ransomware thing. And we will start with that, and then we're going to talk about a couple of smart home things that I'm really interested in, and then we'll go into, uh, hey, I've also got some Prime Day things that I'll talk about, and then we'll go into uh, my my crazy topic that I think uh, we can have some fun with here on on the Reset Podcast as well. So again, I'm David McCabe. Reset 65. Follow me on uh, Twitter, McCabe.io. And uh, don't forget those uh, fabulous Reset Forums, homeservershow.com, or you can go to ResetForums.com. We discuss all things NAS, storage, yeah, things here and there, you know, all kinds of good stuff to talk about. So I'll start with this simple stuff. This seems like it was two years ago, but we had Amazon Prime Day and I was uh, on the last episode. I told you some things I was going to look out for. And hopefully purchase, and I pretty much did nothing of the sort. I had my eye on a few things. So yeah, I didn't buy a whole bunch that was on my list. One thing that went on sale was the Elgato Elgato, Elgato Stream Deck. I really wanted that. I really wanted the Loop Deck. And that was, it's like for Lightroom and Final Cut Pro and all kinds of buttons and knobs. It's really cool. I never did that. But I did buy a few things on on the Prime Day. I started out with, um, if you own ALEXA, you get a couple of chances to buy some things via voice. And they always do something really cool with that. And I bought the Amazon Smart Plug. Works with ALEXA. These things are really neat. I got it for 5 bucks. I hope you got yours too. That is a no-brainer. And I'm sitting here holding it in the box because I haven't even gotten it out. I've got a few ideas to uh, to work with this. I think these things are normally twenty bucks, maybe even uh, twenty five bucks. So uh, very very uh, smart purchase there. I'm glad I uh, got onto that. I also bought the Fire TV Stick 4K, and I bought that uh, via voice as well. I can't remember what I paid for it, and it is right here in the box still in the plastic wrap i don't have a home for this yet i was thinking about putting this on the tv that goes on the pool house uh, for the outdoor entertainment area and honestly that tv has yet to be powered up i hung it 
on the pool house to basically hide the mount, and I have not turned it on yet. So that's one of those things where, like, I thought this was going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread, having the TV outside. It's just I haven't used it. I mean, we get in the pool, we get in the pool, usually chatting with people or, you know, we're on our smartphones or laptops or something. So just just not using it as much. I, I probably will, but just not right now. I got a Google Hub. I'm probably the only person on the face of the planet that does not own a Google Hub. I'm staring at it now. I've got it. Oh, it's listening to me. Be quiet. Cancel. I didn't even say H-E-Y. And my phone and that thing lit up. Um, I like it. I really haven't played with it a whole lot. It's sitting on my desk where I have not been for the last two months. Sorry. And it's sitting in front of the Echo Show version 1, which uh, moved from the kitchen to up here when we got the version 2. It's pretty, I mean, it's got a great screen. It's very small. I like that part of it. Um, This could easily go by my bedside. It may end up doing that at some point as like an alarm clock. But right now I'm using the Pixel 3 with the uh, wireless charging stand, and that's like a perfect alarm clock for me. But I got that on a, not from Amazon Prime, but from a Google, um, dang it, cancel, from an eBay sale. You know, because like eBay, Walmart, and Target were all trying to compete with different sales to, you know, to get your money during Prime Day. So I bought that. Got that cheap. I think it was 50 bucks. So you can't pass that up, right? I know a lot of people got theirs free at CES, but I, I didn't. I just didn't get in line to get one. I bought some gifts. We bought an Echo Dot, an Echo Show 5, and an Echo uh, Tube, a uh, second-gen tube, one of those little short ones. Have not even gotten them out of the box yet. Have not given those as gifts. So I, I have not had any experience with the Echo Show 5, but I will let you know when I do get my hands on that because it's kind of a neat little device. I got a USB-C vehicle dock. Um, I've had a uh, a previous dock that was wireless charging, and it you know kind of suction cups to the windshield there, and you got to run the wire over there to your USB. And I thought, you know, I want the USB-C one where I can uh, plug it in and do Android Auto. And I ordered that, and it's like not here yet. So let me scroll through my order page. Ordered pretty much, you know, end of July. Yep, and it's not here. So I don't know, it's 25 bucks I think I paid for this thing. Order details, iBolt charge dock. Now I, I use reward points, so it cost me $4.58. But I am not... I am not canceling this order because I'd never get it for this price again, right? It says on the way, but it's running late. So who knows if that's going to show up. I also ordered a 50-piece cable tie fasteners. These are just literally like uh, Velcro strips, and they were, I think these were like 5 bucks. It was on a lightning deal. I tweeted that out. I think a couple of people ordered those. I hope you got yours because I did not get mine. But at the same time, I also um, I also ordered a couple of things that got damaged in shipment and 
got sent back. Now, I don't think that these were accompanying the same box that got damaged because what I ordered was some uh, like specialized fertilizer for the yard. There's a little hint of what is to come. And those got, they said it was damaged and shipped back. So I never got those. They canceled those out because it, it, right after that it went, um, um, it uh, was out of stock. So those went back to the manufacturer. I think that's it. No, no, that's not it. Wait, wait, wait. I got a ring stick up cam. So it's like, it's like just, it looks like a normal camera, right? It has a little stand. You can flip the stand and put it under an eave or anything. It's got um, night vision, works with ALEXA. It's ring, right? It goes in the ring app. It's got two-way talk. It's got a good camera, really nice view. I've got it in my garage right now. It's actually replaced the camera that I had watching the garage that was hook up, hooked up to Synology uh, Surveillance Station. I'm really kind of abandoning the uh, Synology Surveillance Station for this ring stuff. So I didn't mean to. I've got a lot of PoE cameras laying around with no power attached to them. So I need to get those done. I've been kind of waiting for the temperature to chill out before uh, I you know, jump in the attic. But that's what I'm planning to do. But man, this ring stuff is really cool. This thing has uh, PoE too. So you can power it. Um, I think you can power it via battery. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm talking on my butt there. I know you can do PoE. You can do a USB plug. Uh, and, uh, maybe you can do, I don't think you can do battery. I think I'm, I think you have to buy the actual battery one. This is the wired HD. So I need to give you more details there. It's a ring stick-up cam, wired HD. You can buy ring stick-up cam battery, though, I believe. Now, this thing, wow, right now it's 179 bucks. I don't know if it's worth $179. Let's see. Order details was $55 off. So I got it for $124.99. So I thought it was uh, good to test, to check with that. And uh, I've been very happy with it so far. I also bought an additional Ubiquity UAP AC uh, mesh point. It's the little mesh point that has the two little stick antennas that uh, you bend and it's very small. It will either mesh or you can uh, wire it back with uh, Ethernet. It will talk back to the your network via Ethernet. And that was not necessarily a Prime Day order. But I thought I would tell you that because I'm really into this Ubiquity stuff. I, I told you last time I changed from uh, Windows as my um, uh, controller and over to a little Mac uh, it's a it's a Mac Mini. It's like ten years old, and it's running flawlessly, flawlessly. I've got auto login and everything, so if we have a power brownout or something, it just jumps right on. So that thing's working really good. So really happy with that. Quick news on Wisecam. I'm really big fan of the Wisecam uh, cameras and uh, their sensors and whatnot. And if you have been following this channel and follow my YouTube stuff, I talked with Wise at CES, and they had a product they were uh, kind of announcing called Max Drive. And this is just kind of like a dock, and you plug in your uh, your own hard drive to it, and then the 
it would allow you to not only store and back up stuff, but your wise cams would link to it and save the the footage there. So I thought that was going to be a really neat uh, a really neat product, and they not only delayed it, they canceled it. So they said it's due to a partnership uh, falling through. So they're still planning to have NAS capability, they said, uh, June 1. This is when they said this, but it's going to be delayed. So they do have RTSP. You can update the firmware of your NAS cameras, or I mean your WISE cameras, and they will save to your, uh, you know, you can use them with surveillance station. I've heard they had, they've had some issues with that, um, but I I mean, if you're running wise camps, you really, I don't think you really need it because the app is really good. The, uh, the sensing of the camera is really good. It records a good long chunk of video. You can throw in a little SD card in there and it'll save all of that good stuff. And then uh, you can get to it on the app. So it's, I don't think it's a big loss. It's really kind of a, it's really a good product, this wise stuff. And the price, you just can't beat the price of Wisecam. Man, these guys are crazy. Okay, let's get into um, this uh, ransomware attack. This is not only Synology, guys. This is pretty much every NAS that is out there has been under attack. These guys have been um, hitting Windows PCs and locking those things up and sending out stuff via email and ransomwareing that stuff, and now they're trying to figure out, hey, there's a lot of NAS boxes out there, really popular. Let's see if we can log into those and, you know, reset those and encrypt them all. And that's what they're trying to do. So they're basically coming in through remote and using the admin account. So it's real easy to get your NAS safe. If you have not logged into your NAS in a long time, I would highly recommend you do that. And um, they're coming through admin credentials and with brute forcing the the password. So you can go in there right into your NAS and apply some strength rules. You can apply some strength rules to your passwords. You can also rename your admin account to something that only you know. Call it Yoda. Call it whatever you want, you know, Master Chief. And I I like that one. I think I'm going to use... Oh, I can't tell you because the ransomware people will come in. Um, So don't advertise. Don't use Master Chief. But you can change your admin username. You can change it to something only you know and only you're going to use and put that in your last pass and only you can get in. Enable IP blocking. You can enable IP blocking if someone tries the admin account and fails three times. Too many failed login attempts. Cut it out. Boom. Stop it. Block it. There's a security visor in Synology, and you can do the, You can run that, and it'll check for weak passwords. So if you have a lot of accounts in your, in your NAS, you're kind of running it like a business, uh, you're running a small business, and you know here I'm just running like two or three accounts, so it's no big deal. You can check for the security on those. Now, the biggest thing you can do is go in and just disable remote access. I mean, that's if they can't see it, they can't attack it, right? The 
the operation of attack is coming via the internet. If they can't see it, they can't attack it. I've gone and um, turned off all of my, let's see, it's called, um, it's, you go into the quick connect section and you turn that off. Quick connect is just an easy way to get to your NAS via an ID. So you can do all kinds of uh, remote access. You can remote access like your surveillance station and all of that good stuff to make sure that you can see all your cameras. Just turn it off for now. Just let's be safe. Turn it off and then evaluate your security policy locally on your own network. That's what you should do. That's what I've done. You can jump in via VPN if you have to jump in. I know it's going to create extra work. It's an extra step. But if you need to jump on your cameras and you are traveling somewhere, you're on a beach in Florida, you want to see the backyard, connect via VPN. It just, it's so much safer, safer to use that. Secure that remote access. Go through your user IDs and see who has remote access ability. Did you know that when you created the ID in the Synology NAS, it asked you, do you, do you want to give this person remote access? Disable the guest account for God's sakes and then go through uh, the security methods and check the passwords. But the big thing, rename the admin, turn off remote access. And even if you don't do that, if you got to have it, then do the failed login attempts. So if someone logs in three times, they can't brute force you at that point because they're trying to billion different passwords, right? They're using dictionary attacks on your admin account. If you do these things, you're going to be safe. Now, it's the same thing on iOmega, and it's the same thing on QNAP. So if you own any NAS, go through all of those little steps, dig through your OS, and do security audits. It's, it's huge. Guys, people are getting their stuff locked down and um, just go through your backups right make sure that you can get to your backups make sure those backups are on your Amazon your OneDrive whatever go through them and make sure you can see your files me I need to do a huge audit of my backups because I know as many times as I change NASs it's going to bite me in the butt and I don't have something, you know, getting backed up to the cloud. So I need to get that done. I know. I know. Need to get that done. Okay, so I've preached at you a little bit, and I don't want to do that. Um, I want to talk about some smart home stuff because as I'm real cyclical on my smart home stuff, right? I start, I start pounding on it, right? Oh, I got to get this cleaned up and this cleaned up and add these new devices. I get real excited about it, and then it's like, boom. I just I just go on to the next thing, right? If I don't do it right then and there, I go on to the next thing. But this has me excited. There's a brand new GE-branded uh, light switch. I don't know if you've ever done Z-Wave, Z-Wave Plus. If you have, if you're, um, if you're using uh, SmartThings, I know you've done this, where you put in the Z-Wave light switch, and you can c- control that. One of the big things that kept me from expanding that was 
doing like three-way and four-way. I've got one hallway that has controls from four switches. Four different light switches can turn the lights on and off. And it just, it it scares me. It freaks me out. I'm not an electrician. I'm not good at that stuff. Even a three-way light I've had trouble with. I've done them before, but they're never where you think they're going to be. The load is, or the line, see I'm already getting confused. The line voltage never comes in where you think it's going to come in, right? So you got to figure that out and then do the travelers and then do the dummy switches on the other two, right? Well, this new branded device is called, It's what, what's it called? It is called, I'm looking for it, Simple Wire. It's called Simple Wire. So this thing will figure out line and load for you. That's so awesome. You just plug it in, it will figure out line and load for you. It's $49.99. It's called the GE in Brighton Z-Wave Plus Smart Dimmer with Quick Fit and Simple Wire, in-wall paddle, full dimming, latest version, Z-Wave Hub required, works with Ring Alarm, Smart Things, Wink, and A-L-E-X-A. That's the description. I'll put that in the show notes. If you um, if you search Simple Wire, then you will find it. So, but you got to be careful to order the right thing because there's a lot of GE Z-Wave switches out there. But this one is Simple Wire, and I have not tried it. So, if you have tried it, please get back to me. I want to know if it's. I mean, it's it's one thing to hook it up to one light, right? You've got power coming into the wall. So you've got line, that's your line voltage. It's pretty easy to figure out. Then you've got load, load meaning your light bulb or light bulbs that goes from the wall, the the switch up into the ceiling and runs the lights, right? That's the load. Those are pretty easy. Then you've got your neutral. That's, you're going to have to have a neutral because that kind of powers the unit itself. And then you have something called a traveler. A traveler is an extra wire that goes from that switch to the other switch on the other side of the hallway, right? And it tells that switch, you can operate this light bulb from way over there. And that controls the line load operation that goes up to the lights. And if you're like me, they all have to be up or down if I walk by. If they're not, I freak out. I will walk clear across the room and do a switch and then come back to the other one to line it up. So all of my kitchen switches have to be either all up, on, or all down, off. That is my freakishly weird controlling, (laughs) what do you call that? Where things have to be in order and aligned. Yeah, that's me. Sorry. If if both of the lights are on in the kitchen and one switch is in the up and one switch is in the down, that's just wrong. That's just that's just wrong. OCD. That's that's wrong. Don't do it. Go to the other side of the room, switch it, and then come back and get it in sync. Don't let me come to your house and have your switch is all screwed up and the lights are all on. I will figure it out. Sorry, did I? I need to go medicate myself after that. 
so that's kind of cool. I think um, that if you've done it, we I, I just need to order this. I know. I just need to order it and so I can tell you if it's weird or if it works and how the traveler works, right? I just do. Action tiles. This is something that I've I've done in the past and I kind of gave up and then I looked at it again and I gave up. Action tiles is a it's almost like a software program that works with your tablet or your computer or your phone and your smart things. It allows you to create this like interface that you could either mount or put it on an iPad. You could put it at your desk and it has all your switches. You can use cameras. You can get a weather outlook. I mean, the it's it's like a little playground for your smart things. And you can see it all at once. It's really, really cool. And I'm going to link you to an article getting started with action tiles for smart things. And I know a lot of you guys use Blue Iris, the camera surveillance software for Windows. I know a lot of you use that. And you can put your Blue Iris camera feed right into action tiles with this guy's um, very, very detailed look and step-by-step look at action tiles. It's really kind of cool. Now, I know it's got a, I read through it. It's got a couple of different things that you might not like in order to get the Blue Iris camera feeds into this, but it looks really cool. It's a really long article, but I think it's going to really be worth it. There's also, yeah, this is software you have to buy, right? But it also has uh, a 20% off code valid until September 17th. I think maybe I should just buy that, right? Let's go to action tiles. Let's open this link. Let's see how much this thing is. You can get a 14-day trial if you click the buy now button. It's a whopping, oh my God, you guys are not going to afford this, $28.99 and you get 20% off of that. So that's going to bring it down to a really nice Really nice uh, price. This is one location. This is for one Smart Things hub. That's pretty cool. I need to do this. If you've done this, please let me know. I know a couple of you guys have put together some pretty cool um, action tiles, I guess I'll call it, but hubs. And I've seen these things mounted on uh, the walls, you know, iPad mounts. And I know that's, yeah, it's kind of, People are getting away from it. You either love it or you hate it, right? Because the mounts look funky. You got to power the thing. And it's always on power. When is the battery going to explode? You know, there's a lot of gotchas. But if you put this on your desk and just use it like a desk desk side, that's pretty cool. You got, you can look at everything. So I would be curious if I could get Synology Surveillance Station run into it. Could I... Also get Ring app run into it and do some things with that. That would be kind of cool. Because I know you can do, um, a lot of people have done just the Ring app on an iPad mounted to the wall. That works as well. You can use that also as a secondary or tertiary Ring alarm controller, right? So you know if it's armed or not. You could do that. 
as I talk, I get these ideas. I'm like, oh, maybe I should try this. Oh, maybe I should try this. And then I pause and the, the podcast sounds like crap, doesn't it? Right? Okay. So how far in are we? We're about 30 minutes in and I need, I have some splaining to do, uh, Lucy. I know I've been gone for what, almost two months. It's been summertime. I've been traveling, lots of travel, lots of vacay, a lot of baseball, youth sports really takes uh, a lot of time. We did some baseball and now school has started back again and we're into some football. Love me some youth football. So we're doing that. And I had, you know that I've put this pool house in to my property if you've been following this podcast, if you if you don't know that, go to YouTube, youtube.com slash David McCabe and follow that channel there. There's a bunch of time lapses and uh, pool build videos and whatnot. But, you know, in doing that, when you put a pool in, you destroy your lawn. And basically, I destroyed my lawn. I had to get some help in getting things under control, some crabgrass and uh, just invasive weeds and seeding and whatnot. And I had a lot of trouble with my landscaper, local landscaper here in the central Indiana area. If you are interested, I will badmouth them at length if you would like to get in touch with me, but I will not do it here. Uh, They were pretty clueless. This is a big company. They were clueless. And at the end of that situation... What I ended up doing was doing the overseeding myself last fall. And I came up with this um, this method, which I thought would make it the most successful. And my overseeding worked very well. I seeded this one area where like the cement trucks drove into my yard and then made their way to the backyard. I overseeded this one patch. I didn't have a whole lot of time. Fall was closing in on me. I didn't do anything else. I didn't do any weed treatments. I just did some seeding and aeration and a little overseeding. So ends up my method worked out pretty dang good, right? So I got some really good grass growing and it looked 10 times better than what the the idiots uh, put down uh, with their seed and their gravel and their construction, just junk in my soil. Uh, Really clueless people. And I did a good job. So I'm doing better than these guys. I used, I contracted with this um, applications guy to put down the ferts and, and, and whatnot for a year, you know, kind of prepaid. And that was like the monthly treatments or the quarterly treatments. But if you wanted anything else, it was an ungodly amount of money. If you wanted aeration, several hundred dollars. If you wanted overseeding, it started at $300. If you wanted grub treatment, a couple hundred bucks. If you wanted anything above just straight vert and weed control, you were talking about hundreds of dollars extra. Now, granted... My lawn is anywhere from 20,000 to 22,000 square feet. It's a big lawn. And I know a lot of folks are managing, you know, 2,000 to 5,000. I think that's the average homeowner lawn, 2,000 to 5,000 square feet. 
pretty easy stuff there, right? You buy one bag, you throw her down, and you're done. Well, not here. So it costs a little extra to do. So when that contract came due, I just had this moment where I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to take back control of my lawn. I don't know. I didn't like how it looked. And I just wasn't, I wasn't doing it right. You know, I wasn't mowing right. I wasn't treating it right. I wasn't watering it right. And so this, this happened after a week of vacation. I went out on a week vacation. And what do you know? It is the hottest week in central Indiana on record for like, ever, right? It was super hot, super dry, no rain. And I did something wrong on my rain controller, on my uh, sprinkler controller, and I didn't water enough. So I come back, the grass is stressed beyond belief. And I was just like, you know what? That's it. I've got to take control of this situation and get it back under control. I've got to mow right. I've got to water right. And I've got to treat it right. I got to get this soil under control. I got to get this grass under control. So I decided that's it. I'm going to. I had small engines. I had a hedge trimmer, I had an edger, and a push mower that I couldn't even get started. That's how bad I let them go downhill. My riding tractor, my John Deere, fine. It was fine. But I was neglecting it as well. I wasn't mowing right. I wasn't mowing at the right height. I wasn't mowing enough. I wasn't mowing with sharp blades every mow. So I was like, I got to get this under control. Cleaned it, washed it, sharpened it, got it under control, started mowing correctly as the first thing, and things start looking better, right? I started putting water down because I had to get us through this drought, start putting water down, get this get this um, turf and this grass from being not stressed and boom it started greening up right in the middle of the drought my grass started responding I'm like wow this is great so at this point I'm like well let me search around I can do this what what do I need to do to get my lawn healthy the first thing I didn't want to do is go to the big box store and buy a bag of whatever was there, some stinky bag of fertilizer that is just a chemical, and throw it on the lawn and burn the crap out of it. That was my biggest fear, and I didn't want to do it. So I started searching for alternatives like organics and organic synthetic mixes, and I started doing that. And it was amazing, like this, I don't know, I don't know, this switch went on inside of me, and I was like, I'm doing this. I'm just going to tear this up. I had an old spreader, this old Scott's spreader, which basically fit like a quarter of a bag. If you sneezed wrong, it would fall over. And it was the cheapest piece of crap. If you have a thousand square feet, it's probably great, but it bounces all over the yard because it has plastic wheels and it's just junk. So I went down this month-long road into spreader reviews. I mean, you know when you get that that passion, I'm going to buy, I need a spreader. I need a mower. 
I need a new phone, you know, whatever it is. And you go down that YouTube rat hole of, of just research, 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 right? And that's what I did. But it's fun. That's, that was the whole thing. I was, I was energized by the, the journey and learning. And I found people on YouTube that are just maniacal about this stuff. Just nuts. They're freaking nuts. And I love it because they love it so much. And they got me motivated. And I got a good spreader and it's got air tires and it holds 5,000 pounds of fertilizer. You know, it's huge. And I can just motor down the grass and spray that stuff on. So there's a lot of math involved with uh, treating your lawns. So you really have to pay attention to what you're doing. You just can't sling that stuff everywhere. You got to look at the rate you're putting it down, the rate that the bag says to put it down, how much overlap you got and all this stuff. So there's a lot involved. Something I'd never done before. Never. I had a spreader, but I didn't know what the heck I was doing, right? So you really got to pay attention and... I started getting into it, right? So, and I, I basically, I'm just, I'm talking about the last month now of getting my business in order on this yard. And as I look out the window and see some of my green grass and I see some yellow streaks and whatnot, I'm still learning. I'm still putting it down. I'm still figuring this thing out. I've gotten into, so I'm, kind of doing more granular stuff than I am spray. Spray scares me, but I'm getting into that because there's a couple of things I got to do. I'm coming into fall and it's the best time to take control of your lawn is the fall. So I've got this huge plan. I've written it out. I have a plan in OneNote. I have an entire notebook in OneNote called Lawn and I have a plan in there got my square footage mapped out. I know my mower. I know my yard. I know my turf type. I know my soil and I'm going for it, right? So fall, huge plan, overseeding, aerating, dethatching, doing all that stuff, putting in good organic compounds into my soil, putting some good starter fertilizer for my grass, the proper grass for my area. I spent a lot of money, to be honest with you. Um, But it's all going to pay off in the long run if I'm doing the grass right. I don't want to put, I want to put down positive things on my lawn and not negative things, right? Not like super duper chemical stuff where I have to, you know, stay off the lawn. I can't put the kids on it. I can't put the dogs on it. I'm trying to put down positives and not negatives. Now, I I am putting down some weed control, right? You got to put down some weed control. You got to put down some fungicide. You got to put down grub control if you got the grubs. But I I'm I'm doing it with a plan, right? And that's that's where I've been. That's what I've been doing. I know a lot of you guys you get into maybe you're into barbecuing drones you know i am too gaming pc builds me too and when i get off on a tangent like this it's just like see you later i'm i'm useless to anything else around me because i have to figure it out i have to master it 
And there is no mastering this. Mother Nature is the ultimate opponent that you cannot master. Rain, you know, soil, weeds, crabgrass, seeds. It's just, it's crazy. And it's fun. So it's so much fun. If you want to talk deeper on that, please let me know. I'm, uh, I know this is a technology podcast, but there's a lot of tech involved here. It may be math, but there's a lot of chemical. There's a lot of things you got to do right and things you got to time right and temperatures and you got to do it right. And it's fun. So I encourage you to get control of your lawn before time runs out for your fall. Uh, depending on where you're at, we, we've got a lot of time. You have got a lot of time. You, and um, most of us, cool season grasses, we need to start thinking about September 1st time, time frame for our reseeding. Uh, seeding bare patches and uh, getting into the fall and getting your lawn in shape. That's where I've been. I'll probably I'll probably jump off this bandwagon in a year. I'll get it done, get it figured out, and then you know I'll go on to the next thing. But for now, it's fun. So right now, I need to publish this podcast because I'm researching new mowers. <laughs> I'm yes, I'm researching new mowers. I think a new mower is in my future. But hey. Thanks for listening. I'll see you back here on Reset 66. Don't forget, if you want to support this podcast, patreon.com forward slash David McCabe. You can support this podcast and the Reset Forums over at resetforums.com. I appreciate you tuning in and sticking with me through this summer vacay time for the podcast. And we'll see you back here next week. Thanks a bunch. This has been Reset can be found at reset.fm or over on YouTube at youtube.com slash David McCabe. Follow on Twitter at McCabe.io and you can discuss this episode and more on Reset Forums, resetforums.com. Intro and outro music is by Darylene. Find it at soundcloud.com, Darylene Music. That's D-E-R-L-E-E Music. Support of this podcast can be done at Patreon patreon.com slash David McCabe. There's also some shopping links at resetforums.com if you want to use those. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you next week on Reset. <laughs>